Hi, this is Andrea Boydman. I'm the Executive Director of Osteo Science Foundation, and I'm joined with Dr. Myron Tucker, our Science and Education Liaison for our podcast series, Generations of Regeneration. Our guest today is Dr. Richard Bauer, uh, who was formerly the Residency Program Director at University of Pittsburgh, where he still maintains an academic affiliation and is now in private practice in Pittsburgh. Um, Dr. Bauer also is on our Vanguard Committee, which is one of Osteoscience Foundation's newest committees that supports our, our uh, research and education committees. So thanks for joining us today. No, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Rich, it's great to um, ha have you here. Um, um, everyone I know will enjoy the webinar that you put together. Uh, I've watched you uh, throughout your, your whole career, and uh, we'd like to do these podcasts to let people get to know you a little bit more personally. And so uh, if you would, uh, just kind of summarize for, for us your uh, path from when you were where you went to college and how you ended up where you are today. Sure. So, um, you know, I, the path to oral surgery wasn't, wasn't absolute uh, for me early on. I, I really wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And, um, you know, kind of during the HMO era, everyone in medicine said, don't, don't do that. Uh, so I kind of had to find my way. Um, and uh, I had a, a great general dentist that my mom was working for. She's a hygienist. And uh, he said, you, you should do this. This is a great life. And and I never had thought about dentistry until that moment in time. And um, I took some time. I, I got to understand dentistry as a, a profession, understand the specialties. And, um, and that was kind of what led me down that path. I, I am Pittsburgh through and through. Uh, I, I was born and raised here. Uh, I went to Duquesne University for my first year, transferred to Pitt. Um, I was very lucky to get early admitted to, to Pitt um, for, for dental school and then uh, stayed for my residency training. Uh, it was a, a six-year track uh, and then uh, stayed um, for a little more than seven years on, on faculty at the University of Pittsburgh. Wow, Pittsburgh through and through. Um, I, I actually only went to Pittsburgh for the first time since I've been at Osteoscience Foundation and I loved it. It was really um, not what I expected at all, but, um, but I really did appreciate it. So, um, steel mills, uh, you know. <laughs> right. So you, you sort of mentioned why, um, you know, how you, how you ended up in oral maxillofacial surgery. Was there a person that inspired you or helped influence your decision, um, you know, or, um, in dental school that, that made you say, yes, this is definitely the course that I want to be on. There's a lot of layers to that, but honestly, the one of the earlier um, is an orthodontist. His name's Tim Tremont, um, and uh, he had a practice local where I grew up, and um, I spent a lot of time shadowing him and spending time and working up orthognathic cases with him. And um, he looked at me one day and he said, uh, "You know, you 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 definitely have a knack for this. Uh, you should be an orthodontist." And I said. I kind of want to build the case uh, and I, I want to, you know, have my hands in it. And uh, he said, then you should be an oral surgeon. And so that, that kind of really led me down the path and, and um, you know, and, and I had phenomenal mentors in, in dental school and residency, uh, Mark Ox, Mark Sasevica from an undergraduate side, Tom Braun from, from the, just being a, a totally supportive dean 
um, really, I mean, just phenomenal people that engage with me on a routine basis to, to get me down that path. So uh, really blessed to, to have those people. Yeah, we all, all rely on mentors pretty much uh, throughout your career, not just um, when you're in, in training, but um, as you move, move on. So um, this would be a redundant question if you just got through watching your webinar, but um, since you began your career in oral and maxillofacial surgery, let's say from the day you walked in as a resident up until now, particularly in the area of regenerative medicine, what do you think are one or two of the absolute biggest game-changing things that have, have come around that you've seen from the, the first implant and reconstructive case that you were involved in to the ones you did last week? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a, a twofold answer. Uh, one, obviously, is the biomaterials and, and the amount of work that has been put in by, by others uh, well before me and, 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 and just tirelessly, tirelessly going through and, and evaluating time and time again are how we're developing bone and how we're developing soft tissues. Um, so I think from a biomaterial standpoint, we're getting really advanced and, and we're getting there fast. Uh, if, if you look at the grand scheme of things. And the other side is the technology. Um, so, you know, when you say, oh, regenerative techniques, you know, how, is, how does the technology side or how does a comb beam or inch oral scan or, you know, something along those lines affect regenerative techniques? Well, it changes the dynamic on how we're restoring these cases and it changes how we can deliver components earlier at the time of regeneration and how we can help those regenerative materials develop during the healing phase. So we have the ability now to, to really kind of put technology and biomaterial science together. Um, and, and I think that our, I mean, it's endless where we could, where we could go. I mean, when we start printing uh, patient specific regenerative uh, uh, tools, it, it's, I mean, we're, we're on the cusp. It is, it is exciting to sort of look and see in a couple of years what patient care might look like. Um, so what, what would you see as the next major hurdles in the foreseeable future? Or, you know, and I, I was sort of thinking about this, this question, but if, if money wasn't an object, what would, what would we be focusing on? Um, you know, what, what are the challenges that Obviously, uh, funding is always a challenge. But if it, if that part wasn't a challenge, where would where would we be focusing our energy? Yeah, I think uh, I think really looking at at patient specific uh, um, guided biomaterials. So you know, understanding the patient specific makeup uh, and being able to tailor biomaterials to how that patient's going to respond from a, a bone and soft tissue standpoint. Um, uh, understanding different therapeutic techniques that are going to act locally um, or systemically that are going to aid in our, our, our therapies. Uh, again, we're, I, I think that we're accelerating through this faster than we've accelerated through a lot of other science and technology and development in the biomedical world. Um, that if you just look back, I mean, the last 15 years, it's, it's, it's like hyperspeed of what we've been able to develop. So I really think that we're looking, we're on the cusp of, of, of patient specific 
therapeutics um, that are going to impact us tremendously. Right. On a, a little bit of a, a different topic, um, you have your fingers in a lot of different places now. Uh, you have a super active clinical practice, which uh, I know it's been a, a little bit of a challenge to get that going right right during this, this whole COVID thing. But you, I know you have a busy active clinical practice, uh, still maintain uh, some academic involvements and educational activities. You've helped me with a number of uh, publications and book things. You have a busy lecture schedule and, and you're a dad. So how do you balance all that? Yeah, I, you know, I'm still learning. <laughs> I, you don't sleep, I, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, you just have to give up sleep. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm still learning how to do that. I don't think that there's, uh, there's it's not the right way for everybody. Um, there isn't a way to, th there's not a magic playbook for that one. And, um, you know, I've had to figure it out. I've been successful at times and unsuccessful at other times, both, uh, you know, clinically and, and personally and you know, I think having a good support staff and going back to what we talked about with mentors, I'm not afraid to ask. I, I mean, I just say I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. What, which, which part needs to kind of hit the back burner for a week or two weeks? And I think, I think having, you know, being able to, to kind of talk about it uh, is the best. And, and, you know, I have a tremendous wife and she's endlessly supportive of, of what I do, but um, every once in a while she'll say, hey, cowboy it's time to just kind of rein it back in a little bit here <laughs> you know and then and and then you know so again having an honest conversation at home and at work and and with with colleagues that you know I, i'd love to help out with that but you know right now i i'm i'm a little overextended so self-identification of of what you're capable of doing and not what you want to do but what you're capable of doing in that time frame i think is is just critical that's a good point. I think sometimes we're all too quick to say yes, when in fact we have to say maybe later, yeah. <laughs> maybe eventually. And I was thinking or about or what you're, I'm sorry. Or if there's a way that I can contribute or, hey, yeah. you know, I would love to help you get that off the ground, but, you know, can you come back to me after a little brainstorming or maybe the other people that are contributing, yeah. but, you know, not that I want to jump in late, but just this time I, I can't, I can't spearhead head something. Yeah. I was thinking about what you were saying about how fast science was moving. And I think Myron, we were just talking recently about how so many textbooks are, are switching to virtual and digital copies just because the science is changing so fast that they, you know, that it, it's changing faster than print. So it's, it's an interesting, um, and, and it's exciting that that's, that that's the case. So, um, so I, I always love to ask this question. Um, is there something about you that um, that people might not know, um, a hobby or an interest or someplace that you've gone or done that would, um, you know, be something that would might be unexpected or that people don't, not everybody knows? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty boring person. <laughs> I just, I, no, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, in, I love being outside. Um, I love being outside with my family. I love, um, you know, I, I love to do things outside and uh, until, you know, obviously before COVID, um, a, a great friend of mine who I trained with, uh, Craig Norbit, I mean, he, we, he and I would take a trip every year and we would pick a place to go and, um, and we, and there was no limitations. It was, 
you know, finances, yes, but no limitations on what we would throw out as our outdoor activity. Um, we've climbed Kilimanjaro. We've we've wow. rimmed a rim, you know, the Grand Canyon. We've backpacked, you know, multiple days isolated in Alaska. Um, so, you know, we just kind of every year we take a time to 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 hit time out and um, just kind of go find ourselves to be to be in the middle of nowhere somewhere. That's awesome, and I bet you come back truly refreshed and ready to jump back in. There's Everybody there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's um. It's amazing what a little bit of time away and, and we, you know, we, we pick spots where technology is just not, you know, I, I can't use the phone. I mean, it just, yeah. um, that's so important. I think to put the phone down sometimes is, uh, is, is, uh, it's so therapeutic. Um, back to uh, just the practice side, um, just kind of a quick question. Is there um, a, a single case um, that you can remember that, um, you know, it just really reminds you of how special our, our specialty is and what you can do for, for people, just, you know, a particular patient or circumstance or a challenging case that always will stick in your mind? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the abridged version of this one, but um, I was uh, on faculty for about a month and a half. And, uh, uh, so month and a half out of residency, um, taking primary trauma call, level one trauma center, uh, there is an individual that un uh, unfortunately was, was shot in the face with a shotgun. And I, I'll never forget kind of walking into to that trauma bay with, with the resident and kind of assessing what we need to do and starting to, to kind of pick away um, rallying the team that needed to be involved, you know, um, and then develop thinking about a plan at that moment in time of, of then reverse engineering this gentleman's life, because that's really what it came down to. And uh, it took a long time. I mean, it took, it, it took about 18 months uh, or more, but um, I, I think what we're able to do from initial assessment and management um, being involved in, in a, a critical a critical situation for the, the patient, um, developing a restorative plan, both from an outward facial appearance, from a functionality to breathe through his nose, the function from his mouth, um, you know, to, to be able to chew and eat without uh, feeding tube, you know, to, to be a part of that process uh, from beginning to end, um, you know, really, really amazing and, and a, a significant growth for me, you know, clinically, professionally, and personally. Right. Love that. You really can see the, the impact you make. Oh, it's, it's just, um, it's amazing, you know, just to watch each, each step of the process. And it doesn't have to be that, that big of a case, but I, I just, um, you know, to, to see the patient's obtain an outcome that, that you kind of mutually set out to try to, to get to is, I think that's the rewarding part of, of, of our profession every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess I, I, our, our last question is, um, who else would you recommend we talk to that we, um, that we engage for a, a similar webinar podcast? Who, who would you like to hear from? There are so many just absolute pioneers. I mean, I, I, there are so many people that 
um, you know, impact what we do so frequently. Um, you know, I, but I, I think, you know, it, it's important to also hear somebody that has us that is, you know, I'm primarily clinical, but I love the science side. Um, I think to, to also constantly re-engage with primarily science, but, you know, is, is engaged in the, in the clinical side is, is really, really important to make that, to make that bridge. You know, a lot of times it's really easy to, to just fall into a, a, a clinical mode, mode and not be abreast of, of some emerging technologies. And, and sometimes it's, it's, um, it's really important to hear that. I, you know, Dr. Vett is, is um, I know somebody else that we have uh, that, that is involved, um, you know, on the, the Vanguard committee. I, I just, you know, hearing, hearing people like him speak about emerging technologies, um, they kind of get your juices flowing and see how you're gonna implement those things into practice. I, you know, I think there, that there are so many giants and pioneers that, but, um, I, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's really good to hear the, the science side with a, a, the clinical perspective. That's, that's, that's a really important. And I, 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 as Osteoscience Foundation started in research, um, obviously that's really important to us also. But as you say, the clinical application of the research is where I think we can really engage more people. So, cool. well, Rich, it's been great having you uh, with us, and um, the, the webinar will be enjoyed by um, many. We already have a lot of people registered for it as soon as it was uh, posted that it would, would happen. So, you're uh, obviously a hot item on the, the lecture circuit, but I think it's uh, just great for everybody to get to know you a little bit better. And uh, we appreciate you spending the time with us today. I, I like to think that Osteoscience is putting out a great product that I'm just riding this coattail. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We're really appreciative of, of everything you do for us. So thank you so much. Thanks for really joining us today. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, everybody have a good uh, rest of your day and uh, we'll look forward to getting together at some point when the world changes a bit. Absolutely soon. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. To learn more about Osteoscience Foundation, visit osteoscience.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.